Welcome to the Physical Media Blog Podcast hosted by the Iowa Informer, where Iowa collectors explore movies, music, and books physically. I'm Nate. I'm Brian. And today we are actually exploring music virtually because we're going to be discussing the Maximum Ames Music Festival live stream event that happened on October 10th. And we are joined by one of the organizers and musicians who also executed the technical aspects of the live stream and did a great job with it. And I'm talking about Will Pett. Hi. Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here, man. Are you starting to get uh, recovered from the weekend? Pretty much, yeah. There was a, a, a late night afties, but I'm feeling good now. <laughs> <laughs> it's tradition, though. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Brian? Are you getting back into your normal schedule? Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, Rachel and I, my wife Rachel and I, took uh, took Sunday off and uh, and we went for a drive, basically, and kind of chilled out a lot. And so that was that was good. And then Monday morning, just kind of like started like you know picking up where we left off on on just normal day to day stuff. But uh, um, you know, and we kind of put things on hold a little bit to um, make sure that the festival was ready to go and all that stuff. But like, I feel pretty much caught up now and and got to bathing in the afterglow a little bit. Yeah, well, I've been bathing in the afterglow as well, just as an audience <laughs> member, um, you know, for people who don't know or who weren't able to see it. Um, I think you can still watch the entire thing, I believe, on, on YouTube. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, and, and I've you know, it seems like hundreds of people have watched it since um, it uh, since it was live. But uh, so go and check there's, that out on the Maximum Man. Yeah, there's over, over a thousand views, actually. Yeah. I mean, if you have that's what I was going to mention that. I mean, if you had a if you have a thousand people come to Maximum Ames, that's yeah. awesome. Like that's, <laughs> there have been years there have been years where I think there were not a thousand people there. Yeah. So that's it's like, you know, it's actually a really good outcome. And we should talk more about, you know, what you you know, what you kind of learned about um, virtual festivals from doing this. But mm -hmm. for folks who haven't seen it yet, um, you know, Maximum Ames Music Festival, uh, you know, was celebrating their 10th anniversary this year obviously the pandemic happened um a few when a few months ago um i interviewed mara spooner one of the organizers of the event um at the time that it was canceled and you know she gave the reasoning for it and basically you know set the table for hey the main thing that we're worried about is each other and surviving and being safe so mm -hmm. we're not going to be having an in-person event you know i think might have been one of the first iowa festivals to to do that maybe 8035 because that was that happens months earlier. Um, but I thought it was pretty bold at the time. Just, you know, it was laid down the law. Like we're not playing games here. You know, we're our priority is safety. However, we're going to try to learn how to do a virtual event. And if we're able to, we will, you know, that was, right. if you, you know, you can find the interview on the Iowa informer. And so months passed by and, you know, you guys basically um, decided that you would do it and put it together and ended up having the 10th anniversary festival actually went down and uh we're going to get into it in detail but it was absolutely great uh i watched the entire thing um i you know i i told brian i was laughing i was crying i was singing along i was having memories um i was discovering new artists um and i was feeling just inspiration you know flowing from this event and just seeing the support uh between the artists the support for the event uh, from the music fans. There were people watching it all day, um, you know, because you can see the numbers on there. Mm -hmm. By the end of the day, yeah, I think it was, there was like 900 people that watched it that day, and now there's been 1,100 or so. So that's what happened. They, You know, there was multi-venue, as, you know, the festival's traditionally been, 
it had um, musical variety like you get from the festival. It had new faces, new voices, as well as old favorites and people who have played at every year and events that have been at every year of the festival. And we wanted to have Will Pet on specifically because, uh, Will, you were getting shouted out by Blake a lot, especially as the as the day went on, um, because you apparently were hustling real hard because you were the person who helped make the actual technical part of the live stream happen. Is that right? Yeah, I was behind the mm-hmm. computer hitting the buttons, switching the feed from venue to venue. And yeah, sometimes things would crash and things didn't work. So it was definitely, a, <laughs> a, there were some stressful moments. Well, you know, as I was, when those things happened, it actually like kind of touched my heart because that I've been in so many of those situations live. <laughs> it's not, that didn't just happen because you did this on a computer. You know what I mean? Right. Like I've, I've had so many, you know, d- during times that I've been involved in maximum aims, there's always troubleshooting that happens. And that ends up being, you know, one of the biggest things that you take away from it. But the people who are watching, they're just like, no, it was great. You yeah. know, um, yeah. which for me, you know, I was the audience for max Ames 10 and I'm telling you, yeah, it wasn't didn't come off as stressful. I thought it came off really, really smooth. And you didn't see more. I didn't think I didn't think you saw more glitches than you would see at just the live stream of any festival anywhere. It, it was really so. Have you ever done this before, or how did you figure out how to do this? Well, when the when the pandemic hit, uh, I was kind of gearing up to do a uh, another musical at a reliable street, and um, mm-hmm. so we had just gotten we'd acquired a bunch of equipment and. Uh, for doing video and projections and uh, I we kind of had to shift gears when the pandemic hit and so we got some practice doing live streaming and hooking up uh, different uh, video servers and things and so I've, I've been toying with this idea for a while but I had never actually done something like this before <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like if you had uh, you know never been on, on stage before but now you're making your debut on saturday night live right? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah i mean you know, like we're saying 900 people were like sitting at home being like oh this is lovely this is nice you know um but yeah you were trying this out in real time and it actually went super well uh, do you have uh you've you've like studied and done so many things like do you have a background in like video or or things like that well not any kind of formal background i guess mm-hmm but I love working on projects. And so that yeah. takes you in a lot of different creative avenues and video is one of them. So I've done a lot of it, but uh, nothing like this for sure. <laughs> uh, Brian, I, how did... I, I, I had to learn a lot in like the week, the week before the festival, I basically was just setting up and figuring out software and figuring out the best way to do this and testing things with Brian and Evan and, uh, we got to a point where I felt pretty good about it, but the night before I said to Brian, you know, there's something is definitely going to go wrong because <laughs> it always does. But I, mm-hmm. I, I felt really good about the outcome. Yeah. It, despite the glitches and we were able to roll with it just fine. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's where like the heart, you know, comes in the, the intention of the people who were doing it. Um, the DIY you know, and- cred. yeah i mean there's a lot of trust built up you know and um and it was just it's such a um 
it's an event that's so much about support and celebration. Uh, you know, so it's not, you know, you're, you're not playing to a cynical crowd. You're playing to a crowd that's, I think, appreciative. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that and, and honestly, from the audience perspective, I thought it was just incredibly smooth. I thought it was going to be I mean, no offense to you. I just thought because of computers and everything, <laughs> being crazy, I thought that there were there might be more glitches than there actually were. Um, me too. And, you know, <laughs> me too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, because to me, everything mm. you're describing is basically just, you know, sounds like just magic because i because i've never you know looked at these software programs i don't i don't really know how to do this if i was in your position i would have been probably really tempted to just cancel the event because i just like wait you know only people who know how to do this can do this and we don't so we can't but you know or i don't so i can't you know back in my day it probably would have been chris ling that's who that's yeah. who would have been like, figure it out um and so that's what it that's what it was you know it sounds like your group of people just said it's worth it to figure it out, why did you want to definitely have some kind of event um, rather than cancel? Because you could have canceled and still been doing, you know, the morally right, totally, yeah. you know, a good thing. And just to back up a little bit, uh, when the Max Ames team got together, we talked about doing a live stream thing. And I said no because I don't know how to do this stuff. And then like a month later, Wilk said, hey, are you thinking about doing a live stream thing? I was like, we talked about it and said no. And they said, can I come over and talk to you about this? <laughs> so outside of doing the technical stuff, he actually made the thing happen at the very basic level. That would not have happened wow. if he hadn't come over and said, I want to do this. So, Well, I want to give a lot of credit to Dan DeGeest, actually because over the last few months he's been working on this album that he released during the live stream event and uh you know he was really excited about getting it out there and felt really sad that this long-standing tradition wasn't going to be going on and so he was like well why don't we just do a live album release why don't we just do something live for max ames and i was like you know i guess i don't I, we we totally have the capability to do that. Uh, this is one of my favorite holidays, favorite events, and so let's find a way to make it happen. So that that really is says so much about the scene that does this, and and about the people, because you know from what I'm hearing from you, you know it was it, it's about working together, and the motivation for doing that being we want to present art to each other. Like yeah. we like we, we are determined we're artists artists present art to each other and we we need to figure out how to do that you know and and um then having the motivation and the reason to do it um and then and then just figuring it out having the attitude of saying it's worth it to try to figure this out even though we haven't done it um because there's these great musicians because there's art and music happening and this is what artists do um but but then but then instead of saying oh well this is what artists do so we have to just keep playing at clubs even if it sickens people you know that because that's the <laughs> attitude that some people are taking obviously they're saying you know live music is so important that we should try to open venues this wasn't that this was this was live music music is very important human life is more important mm -hmm. you know um but one of the great things about being a human who's alive is music and and in aim specifically is supporting each other listening to each other having this music community um and so doing both figuring out a way to do both now here's the part that really blew me away is that i honestly i got the vibes the feeling the of the live event 
and I, I talked to Adrian afterwards because we both were, you guys were talking about the afterglow you've been feeling. We hardcore like felt the maximum aims glow. And, you know, after the event, we were just like, what is this? Where does this come from? What is this feeling? <laughs> um, you know, it, and I, I gather from other people that I've talked to that this was kind of the consensus. It really felt like that holiday that you're describing, Will, uh, like this local holiday that like people look forward to. What I mean, it's hard to put your finger on, but what is the alchemy that that led to that? I think uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is live, and so everybody mm. has to be in this in the same place at the same time, focusing on the same uh, idea of sharing art and having multiple performers. You know, have to coordinate, and so it's not like having a just going and streaming a movie on Netflix or something, everybody mm -hmm. is in it together. And that feeling of success that comes out of that when everybody kind of pulls it off is what I, th that's what I think the glow is for me. Yeah, I would agree. That's it. It did seem like it was, it was like a day of the festival, but like at a like slower pace kind of in a way, because we had the three locations. And so each of us had like an hour in between sets at least, you know, before we had to do things. And, and so that was kind of neat. It was like a condensed version. <laughs> yeah. You at a, normally at a show, you'd come together and everybody kind of ex has the same experience at the same time that can't really ever be repeated or recreated and i think that that's what i think this created that same feeling it did yeah yeah it did it had that liveness and 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 also you know you could you can see um the people doing it you can see how hard they're working because um a lot of the, the the festival is planned by the musicians mm -hmm. and, and by the people who like work at the venues. Um, it's not like uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so much this DIY creation um, that that was really effective too. And something that reminded me of the live event is like seeing the person who was just running sound now performing and <laughs> yeah. their friend is running sound. Um, and, and it's yeah. like, they're switching and like the, the, the one person. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, it's an, it's such an aims thing. And like, we, we talk about local music on this blog um, and on this podcast and just, you know, the, the, the reason that we just love it so much. Um, I mean, we talk about the local music of our community, but I think, you know, other communities can get this too. And it's just the, the quality of local music is, um, is how the you know the artists are so much working together and, and performing for each other and, and you know being artists for one another. I'm sure like you know one of the main things that uh, you know Dan DeGeest one of the reasons he wanted to play the festival is to you know show his music to the other musicians and that's you know that's a lot of the people Absolutely. who are involved in this and who who even create the event and so I, I thought of that as well um, you know about how you know the feeling of the event. Um, will, will before I wanted to back up to one thing you mentioned earlier, just cause it, um, interested me at the time and then I forgot. And then after this, we can, you know, I have a few more questions, then we can jump into some of the specific artists who played, which I'm really looking forward to. But you mentioned a while back, um, that one of the ways that you got into this live streaming idea and video idea is that you were, uh, preparing for another theatrical performance, um, with reliable street, mm -hmm. um, for people who don't know, can you explain the play 
uh, the musical uh, Moon Rock that that happened a few years ago. And uh, are you able to share any information about what that next Reliable Street project is or was going to be? Yeah, so it was uh, January 2019. We put on a musical uh, that was performed one night only at Ames City Hall and uh, involved about uh, 60 people who all came together and put on this production that was all original. And uh, Lindsay Nissen and Sasha and Dropoff wrote it and... It was just an incredible effort and all came together kind of in the in a lot of the same way we're talking about people just kind of putting everything they have into something and it there was everybody had to learn something about theater nobody really involved was a kind of like seasoned veteran theater professional or anything we all just kind of like took over the city hall and figured it out and uh we didn't we learned a lot and that we acquired you know some skills and equipment and things and so we were kind of riding on that and planning another musical that was going to be performed in the grain elevator out at reliable street and we were going to have projections on the side of the building and live video from inside the building and that was supposed to be performed uh, in June this year, but then we had to cancel because of the pandemic. But we had all this like drive and material and equipment and plans and things, and so we kind of tried to funnel it into some other directions. And so Lindsay and I ended up making this like uh, socially distant uh, soap opera called General <laughs> Pandemic, where we had virtual characters come in over Zoom, and we created a drive-in out at reliable street so we there's some like technical fun things came out of it still but uh the musical is on hold and hopefully we'll get to perform it next year um but we don't have any specific dates or plans for that yet and of it was, course it was going to be called for well it is called fortress of light <laughs> wow yeah that that sounds amazing so it, it is completed and it could be produced it is not completed yet, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of work done on it and it could, right. the, the, the finish line is in sight for sure. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's a reason to keep supporting, you know, the local music scene in Ames and the local arts scene, um, is to get through this horrible period. Um, and for however long it takes and, you know, to, to still be, uh, creative and still be, you know, making new work and presenting new work on the other side of this. Um, for sure. Yeah. We, we, the Fortress of Light, we got a grant from the Iowa Arts Council, uh, to support that, uh, project. And so we had, you know, some money from the state that we wanted to channel into other things. And so we ended up doing a lot of cool stuff, but, um, and there's still more we can do. And we definitely used some of the skills and equipment that we got from that for this live stream event. So, well, that's just, that's so great. And we can thank again. the Iowa arts council for a maximum. <laughs> <live stream. laughs> well, I mean, it shows how, you know, people working together across sectors, um, you know, uh, can create these, local communities that become really valuable to the people involved in them and to the towns that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and we're just, we're hearing about artists in Ames learning new skills and, and challenging themselves 
and getting more and more ambitious um, and and working together. You know, you have people from Reliable Street, you have people from Maximum Aims. Those two things have always been, uh, you know, hand in hand. And it just shows, again, the um, the quality of the Ames music scene and uh and how collaborative it is and how many different people with different um who are working on different projects are so willing to just say let's all let's all work together on on a big project together you know um and just i love that that came through you know in the festival so so well uh and just man that's just one thing i really miss about ames and just i think is so special about ames uh you know another thing that struck me that is special about Maximum Ames Music Festival, as compared to other Iowa festivals, is, you know, it's it's a lot smaller. Um, and uh, the nice thing about that in this, Ames is also a smaller town than the towns that these other festivals are taking place in. Um, but, uh, but because it's a smaller event, um, it seemed to be uh, more flexible and more nimble um during this crisis mm -hmm. uh and it, it just seemed like it was you know the a lot of the other big festivals they had to cancel and they weren't able to cancel as as readily you know they weren't able to just like plan for something else because there's so much more risk involved they're they're working with artists who are cost tens and even hundreds of thousands of dollars to book and produce events for um and so they weren't as able to you know, maybe transition, they all did the right thing and canceled and, or, you know, said, see you next year type deal, which that's the right thing to do. They, they did right. Mm -hmm. um, but Maximum Ames was able to say, well, this is our 10th year and we're going to have a festival. And then, but not only just like have an event, it would have been cool no matter what you did. If you had to just, if you would, if you would have just posted the singles, that would have been awesome. That mm -hmm. would have been accomplishing your mission. But this was the festival. This was Maximum Ames Music Festival. Let me ask you guys this. It, is it tempting to want to do more live stream events down the line? For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I mean, now, now that Will's learned, you know, <laughs> gone through all the bumps and everything, that would be cool to, like, use that knowledge for do more things. I, uh, when we were looking at some of the singles over at Will's basement before we went live, I, I mentioned to him, it's like, we should do, like, a film festival or something mm -hmm. like that, have people turn in, Ooh. you know, like, you know, they could be live music performances or whatever, or they could just be people filming things on their phone from their lives or, you know, and just, like, broadcast it and have it be just a one-time event. You know, it is this is the, the premiere of all of these these things, but... Uh, Will wisely pointed out that, like, you know, it's nice to have the live music performance thing where it's happening. Yeah. You're, you're, you're seeing it happen in real time. And so there's there's magic there. But at, at the same time, some of these pre-recorded pieces that we had were uh, so cool and unique. And mm -hmm. uh, it, the whole event was a great opportunity for people to do something really different than they normally would. Like, for sure. Some of the, <laughs> uh like with the women of rock video we had some mm -hmm. like interview bits that were kind of interspersed and like the mm -hmm. format of things could be uh experimented with a little bit more dylan boyle did that a lot and yep oh yeah yeah <laughs> so i thought that was really cool and you wouldn't necessarily be able to do that very easily if it was all 100 percent live true Right. It would have been like, oh, OK, yeah, you booked you booked me. I'm going to show up with my guitar, you know, yeah. and play great music. That's, that's what I do. 
Yeah. But would we have gotten like three short films, you know, that like right. <laughs> you know, out of left field? Um, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, Dylan has always had a lot of interest in film. I remember when there was the uh, live performance uh, soundtrack to Jodorowsky's uh, Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not getting anybody in copyright trouble by talking about this. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but this was years ago. I mean, it was a free thing. But, um, you know, uh, there was there was there was an amazing improvised music score to to a movie. So um, but I wonder if he would have, you know, pushed himself in the same way or uh, like the stuff that Chris Ford did. You mentioned the the women of rock uh, DPM. Um, let's let's start getting into the artists that that played. Um, this is a great transition into that. Um, and let's start by talking about this uh, singles and pre-recorded videos. How did this concept come together of soliciting like the singles from people? We started out with like, uh, we decided, you know, with live streaming, I, you know, I, my personal opinion is that people get a little bit live streamed out and their attention spans are getting shorter as a result. And so I thought, let's just have everybody do like 20 to 30 minute sets and keep it short and hop. Um, and I started realizing that some people are, you know, knowing musicians, some people are gonna say 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. I better play 20 minutes and like, you know, and leave room for the switch over. And then other people are gonna be like, I'm going to play 32 minutes (laughs) 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 or whatever, you know, and and not on purpose or anything. It's just, you know, but like, I figured we're going to have some gaps in there and I thought, Oh crap, what are we going to do? Like, we're going to have some potentially dead air. And so then the idea popped into my head. There was also people who we wanted to book for it but like uh, i was worried about like having people outside of ames uh, you know just for logistics i thought it'd be better to have people in ames that can go to a location and not have to worry about streaming and sound and all that stuff mm-hmm. um so i started reaching out to like different artists and saying like hey would you like to film like a single just like one song you know just do it on your phone or whatever you want to do and 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 stuff like that and um and i wasn't sure at first you know, at first I got excited by the idea and then it, nothing was happening. I, I set a due date of October 1st and like that blew by and no one had turned anything in really. <laughs> I thought, okay, well maybe this was a dumb idea and it's not going to happen. But uh, then they started coming in and every one of them was just like super good. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. And then, it, and then I was worried at the end that we were going to have too many. <laughs> so... <laughs> And you're uh, posting them now on YouTube, right? Yep. I think there's two or three of them probably posted by now. And there, there's a total of nine, and they're going to go up. Uh, they're all scheduled to post one a day. Um, and so we'll be putting those on the Max Ames Facebook page and Instagram and all that stuff. But they're, they're, they'll all show up on the Max Ames YouTube channel right now. Yeah, we, we, got, we lucked out. We managed to stream all of them during the event. Yep, yeah. Uh, except for, I guess, uh, Courtney Krause, who came yeah. in a little bit. Uh, too late for us to put it in there, but yep. she's up on the YouTube page. Yep, she was the first one we posted since no one got to see it. <laughs> well, it's, it's awesome having those little like you know extras. Um, I loved seeing the DePacement in there. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so good, and just you know they are. It just reminded me like they really are one of those acts that is just a special, special band to Ames. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they really are. Yeah, I, e- I emailed uh, their management team like about a month ago and asked them if they could, you know, contribute. I-, I said even if they don't have time to do a performance or something, could they just like, you know, film a video where they say hi to Ames or something like that? Mm-hmm. And instead they did everything. Cover. <laughs> <laughs> they co- covered a Mumford's tune, said hi to Ames, did, told everybody that they ought to like, you know, wear their masks and, and also like no. made it just psychedelic and weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. So it was it, it perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, just seeing them, like they they really they were one of the ones like we mentioned Dylan Boyle earlier. They were like, let's make a music video. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> and and just you know debuting that in Ames, you know, for you know for the fifty people who love them the most. You know, it's just putting in all that time all the way across the world. You know, um, because there's a because there's a small town in Iowa where people just love your band. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just that um, because that just not only was I that was one of the moments where I got like emotional and I saw the resonance and the history of, of this mm-hmm. event and the you know how significant it was that at the 10th anniversary you were actually doing it. You know, and just seeing these like global connections and these artists that, you know, this is the Depacement is not a household name. It's not even a well-known band, mm-hmm. um, but like but they get it like they they get that Ames loves them and um and they give so much love back and so that was just so amazing um let's get into the uh we've mentioned it a couple times uh Dylan's part too because that was also a cool (laughs) turning point in in the evening and uh and turned things in a really different direction it was cool hearing from him and then there was kind of a funny moment where he thought that he might have broken the live stream uh what what went down in the in the dancing when there was like the dancing happening and then it froze up yeah so during dylan boyle's video uh, i saw a warning on the youtube stream that they had detected copyrighted video or audio in the stream and that it might get suspended temporarily and I was like, well, this is all original music. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I guess right. it must be the video. I don't yeah. know. Or it could have been something from earlier because in the Women of Rock segment, there was some heart playing in the background. Yeah. Um, uh, and then so they did suspend the stream for like 10 minutes or something like that. Maybe yeah. less. I think it was less, but it felt intense. So it probably <laughs> felt longer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it might have only been a few minutes. I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, it felt like a long time, and uh, it came back kind of right near the end of his set, so we didn't get to see the whole thing, and that was too bad. And it, I after looking later, uh, after the video was processed and some of the materials flagged as copyrighted, it turned out it was that ballet video during Dylan's. Oh wow! Set okay. that is. It belongs to the Film Board of Canada, apparently. Oh, wow. But on archive.org, which is where he got it, it's labeled as public domain. Okay. <laughs> I see. So he was understandably mistaken there, but yeah, that's yeah. what happened. Huh. Uh, but the heart in the background didn't get flagged. That's weird. <laughs> but, but funnily enough, the video of Holly playing at the Orange Gentleman also got flagged. Oh, weird. Because I guess they and YouTube's algorithm recognized the song. I guess it sounds almost identical to the studio version on her album. Holy cow! Oh wow! <laughs> that's a uh, we'll have to tell Holly about that because that's a badge of honor. That's yeah. how accurate her performances are. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the things that I wrote down in my notes. Um, it was a moment that I really loved. Was that. Um, was that Holly performance from the Orange Gentleman? Uh, and before we started recording, I think we d- discovered that that was probably from the first Maximum Ames. Is that right, Will? That's my recollection. Yeah. And for people who don't know, like that, the venue where that uh, video was recorded um, was actually a house show venue that you lived in. Right, the Orange Gentleman. Yeah. Rest in there, peace. The... <laughs> <laughs> so many good there, shows there. Yeah. Oh man! Oh yeah! And it was a big part of the early Max Ames Music Fest as well. And there's mm-hmm. a great uh, Paleo live mm-hmm. video um, from the Orange Gentleman 
um, and and some others as well. But yeah, the song that Holly played uh, is called Stay. Um, and apparently, yeah, she played it so accurately that it's, it sounded like the recording <laughs> of her album. Um, and we actually talked about that album, uh, her self-titled uh, Holly and the Night Owls album on our first episode of this podcast. If people yep. want to hear that, we, we went into it in detail. And we actually talked about this song, Stay, mm-hmm. um, and how much we love this song and Kate Kennedy's harmonies on it. And in the uh, video that you guys played during the music festival, you can actually hear Kate Kennedy mm-hmm. singing the harmonies, but you can't you can't see her. She's like off camera. And it was just <laughs> so cool. I just I just got chills because it's just man, it just the, the memories just came flooding back during that. Yeah, at the beginning of the video, you can hear Holly say, "We're making that psychic connection." She's just like looking Kate in the eye right before she gets started playing, kind of like tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, their harmonies are impeccable on that. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. was I think that was the first Women of Rock showcase mm-hmm. for Maxams One, and it was hosted at the Orange Gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that was. And so there's some continuity because uh, you know Max, you know that that show has been at every year of maximum aims it's a favorite that people always mention and look forward to and uh there was a really cool representation of that did you help make that uh that video yeah that was video that was filmed at my place and i was the camera the camera operator (laughs) it was really cool it almost reminded me of like an agnes varda short film or something it was just like getting you know getting in on the you know getting up close to the performers and like showing all of these you know kind of I, you know, these iconic settings and getting the interview quotes and clips and talking about women in society. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. They really wanted it to be rock and roll. And so they had their best, like the best <laughs> rock and roll hair. And I, we mm-hmm. tried to get some like feminist rants in there. <laughs> totally. And we got heart playing in the background <laughs> and then they just crushed it. Yeah. No, they sounded like Janis Joplin. Yeah, like they they seriously were. I thought it was really cool because it kind of like developed the idea of the women of rock, which has traditionally been like this round robin, mostly acoustic um, and uh, kind of in in a quieter setting. And obviously, um, you know, it has never been in this video format before. So it was really cool. It was like it it was like it evolved and had been, um, you know, kind of kind of transformed into a, a new level. Yeah, Lindsay was saying she really was like, we got, we got to make it the women of rock with an rock yes. underlined, you know, <laughs> like we're we're going to turn it up to 11 electric guitars and yeah, that's that was the idea. Transgressive cigarette smoking that's then apologized yeah. for. <laughs> Shots of whiskey. Exactly. No, it was badass. I totally picked up on like that rock and roll flavor. It was it had it had like a sixties, almost like a revolutionary kind of vibe to it. Or Patty Smith kind of a thing. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was um, also the Flavor Basket tribute, um, which was a mix. Of, well, no, actually, that was all pre-recorded. Well, no, there was a live part, wasn't there, with you and Vanessa? That was um, pre-recorded, but we, yeah, we played it live, right, for the video. So that's another. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it was a live take of the song, but it, it wasn't live during the stream. Yeah, we tried to do a good job. It's 98% of the festival is unique content. Um, a bunch, some of it was pre-recorded just out of necessity because of logistics and stuff, but it's it's almost entirely unique content created specifically for this. Yeah. So. 
And that, that was just so, so awesome. And, you know, that's another traditional show. Um, I think this is probably the third year um, be, yeah. that uh, of the Flavor Basket tribute, um, which is people covering songs um, and using the Flavor Basket songbook. And I thought it was really cool that the segment was introduced by the creator of the Flavor Basket songbook, Charlie's brother, Mark Vestal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really sweet introduction. Yeah. I love, he quoted the song, uh, there's nothing wrong with the world today, which is one I, uh, recently learned and have been playing a lot around the house. And so that, that really resonated with me when he mentioned that specific song. How did that, uh, how did that showcase segment come together? Uh, we, we knew we wanted to have that segment. Um, and I kind of turned it over to Wally Neal because he's always been sort of, you know, he, friend of Charlie's and like, you know, actively involved, knows all the songs and all that stuff. I was like, Hey, do you want to like get the gang together and like produce a 20 to 30 minute segment for a flavor basket tribute? And he said, yeah. And so, so, and all, then I started receiving videos <laughs> and, and they were, and they were wonderful. I think the yeah. Will, Will yours and Vanessa's came first. That was the first mm-hmm. one I got to see um and that was really cool and then wally turned his in um and then we were talking about like who it felt like there should be some introduction to it so we don't just drop people into a whole bunch of flavor basket videos um and wally had the idea of asking mark to to do it so he contacted mark and uh and about a day later i got a video from mark in my inbox and so i was like oh wow we've got a show Yeah, that was really awesome. I thought it was cool having like the mix of covers. And then because of this live stream concept, um, we got some videos of Charlie. Again, that's not something that probably we would have seen at a live event. So this is this is like using this year as an opportunity to develop and try new things. And I got that um, from the tribute. I love seeing the videos of him and um, and Adam playing together. And I love the one where. uh, where he's like playing in a field and laughing and there's that little like yeah. popcorn yeah. thing that's putting on his forehead and stuff. <laughs> I've, I know I've seen that somewhere before. Song. Maybe it's excerpted in, in something as well, but just his, yeah. you know, you get to see just that huge smile, just that yeah. big, big smile. Uncontrollable and just, laughter. I just, you know, yeah. That, that, yeah. that was just one of my favorite parts of the whole, of the whole festival. I'm so glad that, that that ended up being a part of it. Me too. That yeah. was when uh, Adam was going to do a song and he's on vacation. And so he wasn't able mm-hmm. to record a song. And so he just sent those three videos in. And he said, I hope this works instead. And I was, so I sat down to watch him. I was like, holy shit, this is like, we actually, Charlie gets to be part of the festival. Yeah. And it's like, and that was, exactly. that, that, and I, that was when things kind of turned around. I was like, this is going to be something really special. Yep. Yep. And it was, it was something really, really special. And it was something that was for Ames, you know, and, yeah. and but because of this uh, being live streamed, you know, th- there could have been people watching this all over the world. There, there's, there probably yeah. still are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, I, know, I also I want to Megan mention Blair um, is in uh, Georgia, right? Or no? Oh yeah. yeah where, I don't remember where she is yeah, now, but the, she was around the world somewhere and I saw her commenting on the live stream. Yeah, yeah, she was in that's Europe or Asia, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> My geography's a little rusty, but <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, th- I was thinking about that about how you know this actually this was probably the most ex- this was the most accessible um, maximum aims there's ever been. Yeah, you don't have to um, leave the house. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to leave the house. Um, you don't have to drive anywhere. Um, you don't have to be able to walk up and down stairs. You know, no. you don't have to be 21. You don't have to be, you know, you don't, anybody in the world, um, no matter what their age or their ability, if they have a um, internet connection now, unfortunately, there's not complete access and equality in that regard. Right. Um, but for people with an internet connection, 
um, there was no there's no limitation. There's a lot of people who went to this year's festival who probably wouldn't have been at alive uh i mean including megan blair obviously um <laughs> and and many others and you know possibly myself you know um and so being able to be a part of it um from so far away and you know if there's something that you know some people sometimes a band starts and it's it's too loud for some people and they have to leave or you know sometimes right. a band is playing is too quiet for someone and they can't hear it you know um and, you know with the, the live stream solves both of those problems you know if it's too loud turn it down if it's too quiet turn it up um <laughs> so it was just you know there were so many things about it that I was like man you know this this saves so much gas this saves so <laughs> much like you know, this saves so True, much yeah. just like you know, drunken people doing things that they regret like <laughs> there's like there's so many great things about this you know um you know i think it's almost like with tv shows they're like wow we can we can produce a show from home that like there's no overhead now you know like mm -hmm. i wonder if we should just produce tv shows remotely like you know this is a lot more friendly to the environment too i think you know events are live events are going to be looking at that at the same time venues have been such an important part of maximum aims and right. uh have been such big sponsors of maximum aims. and it was cool that you got some sponsors in there including venues mm -hmm. um like the angry the angry irishman and delaviti um I thought that was really awesome. So, you know, you want to support them. You want to have events in their place. They own London Underground, obviously, one mm -hmm. of the biggest supporters of Maximum Mans. So you want to support those places. Obviously, those are great, uh, you know, but not everyone can go to places like that. So right. um, I also wanted to mention for the pre-recorded videos, the Gloom Balloon one, I just thought was really special, too, just because, you know, we talked uh, again on a previous podcast. Uh, we talked about BiFi Records and Poison Control Center and just the influence yeah. that Patrick has had on us and so many people. Sure. And, you know, I just was thinking during the festival about how so much of this, like, supportiveness, uh, support for one another that we've been talking about and artists being fans of other artists and how, like, this comes naturally to people in Ames. But I really feel like a lot of people, like, subconsciously or consciously, got that from patrick and during mm -hmm. i mean i did i went when i saw how gracious he was and how grateful um to other people um even when he was the star of a show um he's always been so much about the other people the openers the you know the people who are running the show and just you know for every single band that played he had a specific comment to support them in the in the comments yeah um yeah that was really just, amazing every single one yeah yeah, he watched the and whole thing too, and it was clear. It was just sort of like, wow, he was, right he was, there he was with everybody yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And he, his uh, plan A was he was supposed to come up and perform live, but uh, he he sent me an email Friday morning saying like, uh, my babysitter bailed on me, and and and, my, and Ashley's out of town, so uh, is it okay if I send something in pre-recorded? So he did that in a day, and it looks like super pro. I was I was totally. impressed as hell with that. <laughs> yeah, and I love the editing where he his he like sped banter. Up between songs is sped up so you can't even really understand what he's saying and it kind of makes you realize like oh yeah like this in a lot of ways is just filler and it just kind of is kind of satisfying the format more than anything yeah <laughs> there's like a meta aspect to his performance because of that yeah totally yeah. and also because he's known for being the guy that's like thank you thank you you know thank yeah. you every person but that that tendency and that habit, uh, William Elliot Whitmore does that too. It's kind of like an Iowa thing. Um, and uh, but that man, that works wonders for making people feel appreciated. I mean, Definitely. being told that someone appreciates you makes you makes you feel appreciated. <laughs> but yeah, when they tell you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see, I've I've been around you know certain uh, venues and music scenes. And it's just you don't always get that. You I mean you mm -hmm. get a lot of skepticism and cynicism 
of bands and artists from from certain venues and scenes, including places in Iowa. And in those and those are great scenes in their own way that produce great artists. It's just that Ames is not like that. Ames mm-hmm. is very much about each other, into each other, listening carefully enough to what the music is to find the things that you like about it rather than standing back and saying, oh, well, it wasn't as good as when I was in a band or whatever, yeah. like, <laughs> which you get in certain places that just have a more cynical vibe and just but i just i just really feel like you know um patrick has been such a practitioner of that and that really came in handy this year at the festival because of you know people were just like naturally knew how to do this i think that's also part of the like the glow of maximum aims and like the holiday feeling of it is just you know is how much everyone is encouraging one another and feeling encouraged feeling supported how that improves the performance of mm-hmm. the people it, it, it makes an impact on what the performer does to feel so supported and so held by the audience by the attentiveness and the caring of the audience and so people are willing to try things because they're just like Ames is up for things Ames it doesn't have a set you know idea of what mm-hmm. you know that this audience doesn't have a set idea of what I'm allowed to do um, and, you know, Patrick is another example like Dylan that has a lot of uh, interest in history and film. You know, he's been he's been involved in making films and music videos and um, just tons and tons of stuff like that over the years um, and has even been in, in documentaries and things like that. So in a way, you know, again, it, it was an opportunity. And and then, you know, let's get into Chris Ford, too. And, and Christopher the Conqueror. Well, I, Man. Just, I just wanted to it, oh, go ahead. A, more of a, a, one more thing about Patrick. I think that the in particular, his music works that comes across in his music in a way that makes it work for like, he doesn't need that banter in between because his songs are already so affirming and grateful and loving (laughs) that like that enthusiasm comes across in the song. That's a really good point. Yeah. For him to like say more stuff in between the songs, you realize like (laughs) he could just like sound like a chipmunk. (laughs) The same message gets across. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he really has like a graciousness as a songwriter and as a presenter, uh, as a performer, you know, um, he, he, you know, again, with the heart thing, like, you know, you so much feel where he's coming from um, and, and you, you so much feel his caring um, and his appreciation um, of people listening and people caring about his music. Um, and yeah, like you said, like that literally comes through musically and, and it's just there in his performance and in what he does. Um, and so I just thought he was just a, it was a perfect idea of a headliner um, and it just worked out so well. Um, and, and, you know, and again, with the continuity, he's been such a huge part of Ames music history and also Maximum Ames in particular and has played some of the biggest Maximum Ames shows um, that there have ever been. And didn't he headline the fe- didn't Gloom Balloon headline Maximum Ames maybe 2018 or something like that? Yeah, 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 he did. So, yeah, that's just so cool. And then um, obviously, you know, he and uh, Christopher the Conquered have been really close collaborators for a very long time. Christopher Ford even played drums in PCC a um, mm-hmm. long time ago. But uh, but they've been they've been kind of working hand in hand um, through this uh, label, Grand Phony Music, um, for their new albums. And, dude, Chris's new songs are the best of his career. And I I think I, I, think so I was too. stunned. <laughs> I do. The, the, the duet with Tina. I was I was thrilled. I was I mean, that just sent a shock through me. Did mm-hmm. you guys have that reaction to that song? Yeah, yeah. 
I, I wish I could have had that reaction, but I was actually pretty preoccupied during that set with uh, the, some of the technical things because there were some issues with that video, and I was trying yeah, to so what, it out. Yeah, so it was during the, uh, the Garfield. <laughs> it was during the uh, pick up your telephone, right? Yeah. Yep, the Carol Baskin video. <laughs> oh, so, oh, we, we, it'll be a big scoop if Carol Baskin has something to do with uh, this uh, being a glitch. <laughs> but, um, no, it was just something about the format of the video file that I was working with was okay. not behaving properly. And so I had to kind of like re-encode it on the fly and shift it over to another playback thing. And it was like kind of kind of a mess for me. But I, I felt really bad because we didn't get to see the whole video, but. Plenty of it, I, I hope. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that was one of the the video that that happened on actually was was one of the things that I think is was not exclusive. You right, know, um, right. so yeah, people, that's a video like people right. can easily find that, um, and that's been posted on other blogs and stuff. And it's a great <laughs> music video. If people, it's a great video, and it's obviously a great great song that super gets stuck in your head. I love that song. Um, so people should should check that out. Uh, pick up your telephone, Christopher the Conquered. Um, but you know, a lot of the other stuff, if if it wasn't exclusive, I hadn't seen it at least. Um, so it was new to me, uh, the video of him playing ordinary person and the video of him playing, uh, the duet with, with Tina and man, those just floored me, leveled me. And again, yeah. Christopher, the conquered huge part of maximum aims played at max aims one. And that footage was in there too. Like the Holly, uh, footage from max aims one that was, yep. so was that, was that Chris's idea putting in that Christopher, the conquered video from uh, 2011? No, he, uh, <laughs> he actually, the, the three black and white ones were from, uh, uh, the, he and Patrick did like a short film. And if you pre-ordered both of their albums on vinyl, you got access to this short film. Um, and so, and Chris said he wasn't going to be able to play the actual live version of, of the festival. And so he sent his three performances from that film. Um, and the film's really good. I'd watched it like the week before cause I pre-ordered their albums and stuff. And it's, it's beautifully shot and it's down at, um, is it midday studios in Des Moines? Oh yeah, um, and and their live performances. There's there's parts where they play together. Um, you know, Patrick has like a couple videos too. So they're they're somewhat exclusive. They haven't been released in any other format yet. Um, and then I and I said, well, that's only like 15 minutes. Uh, is it okay if I put like the you know the pick up your phone video in it? And then uh, and then I found his other new video, put that in it. And then I and then I found the classic thing, and I said, hey, is it okay if I put this in there? And then I asked him if he'd do an introduction. And then he was like, and I felt bad bugging him so much, but he was he was his game with it game for it like every step of the way so he was getting ready for a wedding gig actually he, he, he was singing and, and he found out like just the week before he had to play piano on 30 songs at this wedding and so, <laughs> so, so he was learning 30 songs on piano during that week so i was trying not to bother him too much but i was like if you could just record on your phone just like two minutes or something saying like you know um you know to introduce the pieces um yeah but i thought it, it turned out really well and he was pretty excited about it too i think he liked the idea that it was you know uh, a little bit of an over, you know, retrospective of his career a little bit. <laughs> I loved that. And yeah, I, mean, I remember that show very well. Um, he was opening for the Mountain Goats and, you know, Mountain Goats has a really special history with Ames and with Maximum Ames as well. So that's another thing for people who have a lot of history with the festival. There were kind of like these little Easter eggs of just like, oh, yeah, that part of Ames history, that part of Ames history. Um, Will, there was even a part, I think you might have been behind the camera or maybe... Maybe you weren't, but there was even a part where um, I think it was during, it might have been during Deedle's set, 
where there was a close up on that wooden head oh, yeah. that yeah. Charlie's dad carved, <laughs> and it was a, kind of the icon of the Ames Progressive and then DG's. Um, and so, like, just those things, those little visuals, it wasn't spoken. It wasn't like, okay, now for your time of Max Ames history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like integrated into it. And just like those yeah. little things of having those callbacks to the first women of rock and to that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Mountain Goats festival that kicked off the uh, Mountain Goats performance that kicked off Max Ames. Like, so well and you know and, and those things it was just and, and dpm and all of the aims history that that they were uh parodying or reflecting on i mean it's just uh that just meant so much and like that moment of the like Easter Conquer video people really <laughs> people should really you know get these new i brian uh, reviewed both of those uh the christopher the Conqueror and gloom balloon albums on the iwin former um people should go and read those uh, reviews and should order these albums. I mean, it, you know, it's during pandemic times, these people can't tour around and play, but they are putting out the best music that they've ever made um, yeah. at the same time. That's true. And that, re- okay, let's get into, I mean, man, I, I was totally like, this is definitely <laughs> going to be an episode that we can do quickly. And again, like, <laughs> we always do this. It's just, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, before, okay, do you guys want to say anything more about the pre recorded or the singles? Because I want to talk about some of the uh, live stuff here. Uh, I just wanted to say again how like when uh, we got the Dylan Boyle one, um, that was another moment where I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be something really special because, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I sent him an email like, would you like to perform and do, you know, and he said, oh, can I pre-record it? And I was like, yeah, you can pre-record it. And I expected him to send a video of him performing and he's not even in the damn thing. <laughs> and and Steady made this short film out of like film clips. And I was, I was like, you know, I, I, I sent him a text when I started watching it at home. I was like late and I'd had too much to drink and stuff like that. And I was like, I just watched Lost Highway, the David Lynch film, and, and, and it starts out with that highway scene. I was like, dude, you're speaking my language. Oh, that's so funny, dude. I actually have that in my notes, uh, David Lynch vibes. Uh, yeah. that, that, that was the moment, too, Like I, I because I didn't know that it was Dylan at first. Um, and yeah. because, yeah, it, it opened with more of like, he might have been playing guitar, but it was like, it was more of like moody, atmospheric kind of sound. And then, yeah, you have that like, um, the lights on a highway um you know as the car is moving mm-hmm. away i think this one was moving away um but yeah i totally associate i mean david lynch has done that shot in multiple movies it's definitely in twin peaks the return and lost highway yeah it might be in some other stuff too but i so much was right there with you brian um <laughs> and that was just so cool like that's just like another you know that's just another level of dylan boyle um yeah. and man i miss that guy so much me too yeah, I thought about putting like some, like trying to find the font of Lost Highway and do like some <laughs> some credits over it and put like you know Dylan Boyle or something like that. But uh, I just really liked how mysterious and weird it was. And I thought, nope, let's just drop people in cold. Let's just you know they'll they'll figure it out. <laughs> and Dylan yeah, was that, that on was the cool. live I mean, stream commenting and kind of interacting with people. He and, was, yeah. which I thought was yeah. cool too. Well, and then that also made it into just a really uh, charming moment when there was a glitch yeah. because then the, the chat became really funny and it was like people accusing Dylan and, you know, um, like, and it, sorry, it, we just got sorry, to see I broke like, it. <laughs> yeah. And so people just rolled with it, you know, and, and I get and like, you know, power goes out at a venue, you know, bands, yeah. you know, the, the, the wrong gear was brought and the band can't perform a song. I mean, if someone is running late, people like things go wrong at shows. Like that's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I had done a few uh, enough live stream events where YouTube had suspended the stream due to copyright to know that this, like when it, when it happened, I was sure that it wasn't Dylan's fault because I, it's happened to me before where they suspend the stream a while after the, 
copyrighted materials uh, been streamed. So I thought it mm-hmm. was maybe from the Women of Rock showcase where there was this heart in the background. And I was like, ah, it can't be Dylan's fault because this is all public domain video. It's original yeah. audio. So I felt bad that he was sitting there just being like, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I broke the screen. But then it turns out it was his fault. So. <laughs> man i had so much um i i I loved seeing vanessa and you will um pop up in multiple bands um and i I gotta say i I feel like vanessa was like one of the all-stars of this maximum aims yeah she is a badass for sure yeah damn (laughs) rocking the drums for deedles too yeah oh man well yeah getting to see her play bass guitar drums and sing mm-hmm. and cover a flavor basket song yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah i mean good lord yeah. and then i wanted i wanted to mention will like uh, i think you guys said it was a new song that song uh hey mama hey right whoa i uh, like that one that one just that was one of the first musical moments that just like blew my hair back during during the the live show. i mean i had loved a lot of stuff but that was one where i was like oh shit like covered in covered in chills type feeling oh, yeah yeah if that was a really we ran through those songs in that uh um arrangement with the keyboard and guitar just a couple times and the performance was definitely our best run through and it felt really special and good and i i you know it really was clear to me how important this whole event is when v was wrapping up her set and looking right in the camera and saying my soul needs this and you can see her tearing up a little bit and mm-hmm. yep. it was really that really hit me hard for sure mm-hmm. well you know and that was a real connecting moment with the viewers too because trust me um yeah that that feeling was shared by many many people who are watching this um and, and i'm one of them I, I needed this and i didn't even i just tuned in to be supportive and because i was interested but i came away realizing um how much sustenance and inspiration um i actually got from that so I, i'm on the same page as v there mm-hmm. For sure. how long has this um Deedles and company been a band <laughs> Well, I've been playing bass with Dan for a couple of years now, and he has. I think I'm. I, I've been the consistent like backing member of Deedles and Company, but uh, Andy Wyrock has played fiddle, and V's played guitar a little bit, and there's been other rotating members. But yeah, a couple of years. But he just started working on this album really in earnest when the pandemic hit. Um, his his uh, therapist gave him this 20 year old boss digital recorder and and he was like, all right, I'm going to make an album on this recorder. And the, there were already a bunch of like guided meditation recordings on there that his therapist had made. And so he decided to use some of that on his album. Mm. And so it was kind of this whole like uh, therapeutic process for him to make the album. And that's when the like, the configuration in the in the video really came together with Jonah and me and V. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Jonah is just an amazing keyboardist. Uh, oh God, yeah. And, and well, and then he, he pulled out. What, was that him playing saxophone on the uh, Flavor Basket cover? That's right. Yeah, Supersonic <laughs> Superman. Yeah. So another multi instrumentalist, um, just making big contributions to Ames music. Yep. Yeah, he, Man, I th- hope to see more was... of him. He's he needs to ma- drop his jazz album pretty soon. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is he working on a jazz album? Well, too? I'm trying to get him to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for that. I, I want to hear that. There's not like a there's not independent jazz going on in Ames really, right. so right. that would be amazing. Well, I, you know, there was one song in particular during that set that just really, really um, knocked me out. And that was a song. I, I don't know if this is the title of it, but uh, I think it was uh, Sometimes Never Comes Sooner Than You Think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was the lyric of it. Is that the title of that song? It, it, sometimes Never. Yep. I love that song, dude. Yeah, he wrote a lot of these songs while he was going through a pretty gnarly divorce. And so a lot of the songs have... Uh, you know themes of uh things coming to an end and you know mm-hmm. like sometimes never come sooner than you think and uh <laughs> right. edward edward gibbs is another song we played about uh this fictional wartime character who goes to battle and there's uh divorce metaphors all over that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it, yeah there's a lot going on in that album and i'm really yeah. happy to have been a part of it where can people get it deedles.bandcamp.com yeah th- this is a real um just Ames original um band absolutely i mean everything that we're talking about is but um th- this is something really special and you know dan degeist is you know uh, um someone that a lot of people love and he's been a big supporter of music and art in Ames and i remember seeing him play solo and just realizing that he was really good at writing songs and but I was I was not expecting this. I did not know that Deedles and Company was Dan DeGeest. I'm I'm really out of the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, this was like so I was I, I had seen it like Deedles and Company. Oh cool. Actually I call my daughter Deedles. Um that's one of our <laughs> nicknames for her. Um and so I was already primed to like that. And then when I realized I was like, Oh, it's Dan and then when I heard you guys start playing, I was like, Oh yeah. my god, like this is gonna be great. And then how I mean, I, I didn't know the backstory that you were just saying, but I felt the emotion and the weight of these songs and the um, I mean, not not weight, they're not heavy songs, but I, I felt the emotion behind them. I felt emotion when I was listening to them. And um, I you know, there's a sense of release in them, too. I mean, singing is one of the healthiest um, most human things that you can do. Um, and this music was just absolutely beautiful. The keyboard playing, uh, which you mentioned before, um, mm-hmm. by his son, and also the keyboard playing that you were doing, Will, when you were playing with Vanessa, I was getting some Billy Preston vibes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Jonah can do pretty much whatever. He's all over the place. I definitely have a kind of like very specific me thing that I've owned over a while, and I'm, I haven't branched out much, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> you sounded awesome because I mean I didn't even I, I I'm not surprised that you play piano well but I guess I didn't really know that um and I'm sorry again I've, I've been just kind of out of the loop but that was just such a nice surprise seeing you know seeing these these three musicians you and and Jonah and Vanessa just um taking turns and and you know that that's another thing that just reminds me so much of Ames is just you know shifting from shifting instruments and taking turns playing different things being taking turns being the the singer um and playing in each other's bands like when dan was like vanessa said or v said to me uh you know i'm gonna play drums in your band it's just like (laughs) that's such an aim statement you know like i I haven't been playing enough drums lately so i will now play drums in your band like i've I've literally said that exact thing to evan campbell before um it's like i'm your drummer now um but yeah uh 
but but so that that just so many things like that just were just so home feeling to me so holiday feeling to me um and just congratulations to danny and just also having an album release show at maximum names again another tradition having these yeah. like special things like we're making a live album, we're yeah. releasing an album. <laughs> and so having that during the live stream i think mara might have commented like on that um during the ch- on the chat um but uh but that just again was such a festival feeling to me and i was like this is an exclusive special planned thing that they've been looking forward to and that came across so much i just i felt that set so because i had no idea what i was getting into and i was shredded by it yeah um so way to go um and shout Man, out to Dan's I, guitar playing too, by the way. I, 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 I've, I, I've heard him play a lot before, but mostly just acoustic. I didn't. I had no Same. idea his electric chops were like at that level, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this guy's playing!" <laughs> so yeah, he yeah. pulled out the Dan Electro for just for this show. He yeah, to rock. I think yeah. sounded amazing. <laughs> Where was that recorded? Uh, that was in my basement, <laughs> which Dan owns that house that I live in. So, so, yeah. so more, more that connections. Was one of the... <laughs> So that was one of the main venues then. Yeah. yeah. And he's been yeah. wanting to set up a, get a studio going in the basement there. And so we used Max Ames as an impetus for that to get like a nice mm-hmm. setup with the headphones and the mixer and everything. So the sound was really good. And uh, yeah, I thought it came together really well. Mm-hmm. It was the great thing about this is like, you get the experience of being in the moment live, but then you can go back and like the next morning, just right. like, the whole thing. <laughs> and that rewatching the video was the first time I got to really hear it the way most people were hearing it. So mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised across the board with the way it sounded. I was really happy with it. Yeah. I love that you can just go and watch it. That's another yeah. thing that's a, that's a benefit of the live stream. Uh, you know, yeah. like at, when you when you're feeling the glow after Maximum Ames when it happens in person, um, yeah, I mean you can't, you can't just go back and relive it. But with this, you can. I mean, and I've done that. I've gone and I and now I know like the uh, you know the minute and second mark where certain songs are that I want to hear <laughs> are in the nine the ten hour video. Um, and having the singles release, you know, gives another way to just more uh, have have those sound bite. Um, yeah. or not soundbite, but have those sections of the festival and, and relive them again. Um, and yeah, so, yeah. So now, now that you can go back and watch it, you can realize like why people were so moved and so impressed by this. Uh, you know, I got to mention one of my favorite parts and one of my favorite songwriters, um, someone who is, I think definitely appreciated in Ames, but maybe even underrated in, in Ames, just because she's just kind of a quiet, humble person who wasn't trying to like get her name out there or whatever but it's just so fundamentally good. I'm talking about Elizabeth Zimmerman. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I just, I, I adore Elizabeth Zimmerman. And pretty mm-hmm. much the only time that I ever hear her music is when I'm seeing her play, um, mm-hmm. which reminds me that I need to actually seek out and like get all of her. You can, she has albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need, I need to fill that, that hole in my own collection. And I was reminded of that because of Maximum Mames. It just, I love her music so much. And it just was so cool having her play an acoustic piano and just made me miss her and her music a ton. Um, was that one at London Underground? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. there's a that community piano finally has its final resting spot is basically at London Underground now. So it seemed like a good idea. Like, hey, she plays piano really well. She should have access to a real piano. <laughs> Which unfortunately a community I didn't have pian- time to tune before. The okay. day, <laughs> yeah, it's it's still I mean, great though. 
that's it's almost like a metaphor like maximum aims is a community piano right uh, (laughs) it's really fitting to have her and and she's another one who's played if not every year then almost every year of the festival am i right yep yeah so that just such great continuity there and just such a great person such a great such a great musician um let me ask you guys about a couple artists um that uh that i discovered through the festival who i was not familiar like i said i've been out of the game for a bit and so I don't know all these people anymore. Um, but some people that I discovered that I really like, Slice. Yeah. What, 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 is, is that an artist from Ames? Yeah, he lives here in Ames. He, he works for the university. Uh, he's originally from Chicago. Um, and he had like a hip hop career in Chicago. And was when he moved to Ames, didn't tell anybody about that. And then slowly as he integrated into the community, kind of like would mention it. And people are like, you should set up a show. We, we want to hear you. Um, and he set up a show at DG's a few years back and blew everybody away with how good he was. And then uh, and then has been playing shows ever since, basically. Yeah, he, he was really good. And that was one where I just I just went into it, like not knowing what that was going to be. And it was so good following on the uh the poetry um mm-hmm. and I, I was so stoked to see because that's another long-standing tradition of maximum Ames music festivals having a poetry component especially local poets you know and slice you know his his uh his lyrics were just really good his, his words were really really strong and really good and so it just made a lot of sense you know kind of being back to back with these poets who put together the uh the poetry event anasia sturdivant she was the host for it mm-hmm yeah um and and she kind of went up and down whether to do uh because she's actually she she sent me a text at one point that she's eight months pregnant and was a little worried about being inside and everything but we really mm. we, we lucked out uh and she didn't have access to pre-recording things um but we lucked out with the weather and uh and will and company were able to have her be outside of his house and and do all the poetry there um and and slice and i while we were setting up for his set we we're like tuning in and listening to that and he was just like pretty riveted to that he was like he's like this is really good <laughs> yeah really good and uh yeah again those were those were poets i was not familiar with um and so that was great discovery and i thought it was really cool having the um the seeing people playing outdoors i didn't realize it was your backyard will so basically <laughs> down in the basement you had the studio yeah. and then so just taking taking recording equipment upstairs and and out the door for the for the poetry part. Is that, am I right about that? Yeah, we had a, a wireless camera that we okay. was uh, fe- fed live to the computer that was streaming to YouTube. So we just Jonah took the camera outside and had it on his shoulder, and everything was live. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that's well, the, I... the same camera that was used for the other sets at the at oh, that wow. venue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean th- that's one of the things that reminds me of one of the things that I love about the uh, loved about the festival, you know, it's like seeing people outside, seeing pe- or seeing people gathering, but having mm-hmm. it be outside, seeing people um, wearing masks. And uh, there was a, there was a part two uh, will where you and you and V were like saying, I love you. And like reached out and like, couldn't right. reach because you were more than six <laughs> feet away. <laughs> Which, you know, like th- Those little touches, um, you know, it just reinforced this thing of like, we found a way to make this happen, but, it's not worth having events if you can't figure out a way to make it happen safely. Like this was yeah. only worth doing because we could do it safely. Um, and like, that was just such a cool thing throughout, you know, there was just such a really strong 
commitment. It wasn't like, oh, you know, do what you want. You know, it was like, <laughs> wear a mask, stay home, stay, you know, like, don't fuck around with this people's lives. You yep. know, there was, and like, I loved when Fred Love laid down the law. Um, <laughs> and uh, he didn't lay down the law. He just, I, I loved when, you know, the messages um, yeah. that he was giving about voting um and just responsibility and uh and and it was it was civic you know there was yeah. i mean maximum aims has you know has partnered with the democratic party before we've been in i mean the whole aims progressive came out of the anti-iraq war movement uh there's a long um history of being political um and taking a stand and not saying well you know these things are approximately equivalent and you know in our current day and age it's really important to take a stand and especially to be spreading these messages about you know vote but also be a good citizen be a good neighbor you know care about the person the people around you especially the vulnerable especially the people who have pre-existing health conditions um you know especially the elderly and that's that's what i got from the festival and um you know seeing things like the poetry being outside or you know uh the messages that were coming from people, seeing people in mass, I thought that was really cool. And just, you know, it, it was it, that also in a way tied into Max Ames history and was just about, you know, the, it, it was about those civic values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely so, wanted the voting message in particular was one we kind of wanted to harp on without without being too preachy, but like, mm -hmm. uh, but preachy enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was more about, you know, I didn't find it to be preachy as much as yeah. it was just being like, you know, th this is there's a different, clear difference between right and wrong. That, right. That's what I got right. from it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and so I love that that statement. I think in today's day and age, you know, that's that that's also a big part of music. I mean, it, yeah. it is. It's you know, it's like the, the we're in a very political time, and so it was. It's fitting to just be like, no, we, you know, we have values here, and these are what they are. Uh, let Let me ask you another another artist that I uh, discovered for the first time, Miss Christine. Who's that? Uh, that's uh, her name's Christine Mode. She's uh, she went to music school. She went to Berkeley uh, for her playing bass and arrangement and stuff like that. She's somebody um, I I met her when uh, Strong Like Bear played a show up at the Octopus in Cedar Falls. We just were on the same bill together, um, and I was just blown away by her music. I thought she was great. Um, you know, talked to her at that show and just kind of kept in contact with her since then, and uh, um, was happy that she could be part of it. You know, uh, she was she was somebody else. She said like, well. I don't know if I'll have time to put a live stream together because she she lives out in eastern Iowa. Um, she, so it was like we didn't think the logistics would work, but she asked if she could use that pre-recorded segment from the show she'd done like the night before, basically. So mm -hmm. um, and talk about political. She's uh, <laughs> she's very political, very outspoken. She worked on the Bernie campaign um, is still she started a, a, an organization called um Bernie for musicians. I think I'm screwing this up. It's like Bernie for musicians or something like that, where it's like uh, musicians who uh, support Bernie Sanders uh, were getting together and supporting like progressive um, sort of causes and things. And even after Bernie became not a viable candidate anymore, she kept that organization going and, and doing things that would benefit, you know, progressive causes. But, oh, I love that. Yeah, but yeah. She, yeah, she's just a great talent, though. Uh, we no kidding. Uh, yeah, SLB did a live stream show with her, and uh, she did this thing where she would have feature other artists before she would live stream, and she did a show like every week for a while, um, oh, wow. right when the pandemic began. And uh, at the show that we played with her afterwards, she did a solo bass version of uh, "Ramble On" by Led Zeppelin, Whoa. which has a really <laughs> has a really killer bass line in it that that moves around a lot, and she sang while she 
played that <laughs> fucking difficult bass line because that's how amazing she is. So. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah that was real. It was awesome to have just like such a like show of musicianship um just like to kick off the festival or that was at least the first thing that i saw is that was that the yeah. first artist she was the yeah. kickoff yeah 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 so i, I, I love that mm -hmm. and and also just discovering an artist right off the bat you know because we've been talking about so much of the artists that have all this history with ames and everything um mm -hmm. but also maximum ames is about music discovery and you right. know putting musicians in front of people and having them discover a new favorite artist and so yeah miss christine was definitely one of, of those for me yeah, I felt bad that we didn't get her whole set in there. Also, I it, that was my bad. I forgot to click the start streaming button. <laughs> so we missed a few minutes of her set. And Blake's intro to the whole day, which was actually really great. I wish we would have oh, okay. seen that. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Blake did a great job hosting, by the way. Um, yeah. And on yeah. the previous podcast episode that we did, uh, we had Blake on as a guest to talk about uh, 80s yeah. vinyl favorites from our collections. And we did a preview of the festival if people want to go check that out. Um, but yeah, I know that he helped uh, organize it to a certain extent. And yeah, he just is such a natural host. I love him as an MC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he started texting me at the beginning, like how his, his intro got cut off. And so he said, can I come over and, and do an intro like, you know, at your place? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I told him, I was like, if you go to the next place right after this intro, because, you know, if we're in Ames, it's small. I was like, if you go to the next place, people are going to think you're like the Flash. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> yeah, he was over. I love that. He was over at my place introducing, I guess, I, I guess he wasn't introducing something, but it was like three minutes before Slice was supposed to play at your place. Yeah. And I was like, you better get there quick. You got three minutes. And he was like, all right, I can do it. And he ran up the stairs and ran out. Yeah. And I guess he didn't quite make it, but. No, he hung out for that set and did like went somewhere else, I think. But yeah. Yeah. That was a nice element to a little bit of continuity. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, it, it you know, and Maximum Ames is also so much about just, like, racing around from one place right. to another. Um, <laughs> for the audience and the organizers, you know, because, like, people are looking at their schedules, like, oh, I got to go over here, I got to go over there. And then also, yeah, like, you just, you see people, like, just walking around the streets carrying giant, uh, like, subwoofers and stuff. Right. And it's like, where are they going? Oh, we're bringing PA from there to here. Um, so, yeah, seeing Blake, like, go... Uh, you know, go venue to venue. Um, it just gave that that spirit of just like you know running around Ames, which which I just I love. So that added to the uh, the vibes as well. <laughs> Brian, you mentioned uh, Miss Christine playing with Strong Like Bear. I also wanted to mention I loved the Strong Like Bear set, and that was like oh. one of the times during the day when my kids were most engaged. Um, and uh, we try not to do too much screen time, obviously, but then it became a time of day where like this is a reasonable time for screen time. So I put it on the big uh tv you know youtube on on the uh roku and so then we you know and it was just so cool being like Dad, these are my friends They're like these are your friends? <laughs> yeah yeah like this is, you remember when i said uh, you know and, and like uh telling you memories about you know things that they know about you guys uh about uh about you brian and rachel um it's being like yeah yeah see and that's them you know <laughs> uh, and and it's like oh that's that and so like it was just so cool to have that um that liveness and then also get to have the kids be a part of it and just seeing my friends i mean brian like you know we were talking when we, when we talked about uh circle spiral line we were having some memories of being at um at the boheme like in 2006 or, or mm -hmm. so um 2006 2007 and just being like what if there was a music scene in a right like, <laughs> it. like no, no seriously like we have a music scene right here and like um and yeah. so just you know now it's just like 
people take that for granted and they're just like they're like i need my maximum aims like this is a part of my life you know i need my festival i need my i need i need my reliable street i need my friends i need my diy scene and you know i so just there was that's another thing it was just like strong light bear has been a part of this since before it existed and you know and has been a part of probably everyone um and i mean you and rachel have definitely spent I mean, a hundred hours running sound at maximum aims in your life. I mean, that's probably, <laughs> probably more. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you've been a part of every single one. And it's just like, so like hearing these songs that I love so much that I've loved for so many years, I mean, reason in moments and shut up and just like these yeah. SLB classics. Um, that was just one, like, like with the Holly song, that was just one of my like super, super aims mm-hmm. vibes and getting to like vibe with it with my kids was just so awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. We hadn't played either of those songs in a number of years just cause, uh, Jordan works nights, so that makes her that makes her very difficult to get. So, so but well, we, Jordan was there. Jordan was there too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Jordan, you and Jordan. I, that's that's who uh, that's who I remember talking to at the Boheme. Yep. Um, and you know, it's just and so just yeah, just having played. You guys have played in so many different ensembles and and bands and just run sound for so many people, done so many things. It's just yeah, SLB was was just a special special moment for me I'm, just the timing of it the way it worked out so thank you oh, i'm thankful we get to have so much fun we do all this stuff because it's fun you know so it's uh you know i'm thankful we get to do it and trying trying to keep it going <laughs> well, that's what makes it fun for others i mean when, when you see someone like doing something for pleasure and again this is what we talk about with local music i mean people aren't there's people aren't people who are involved in local music there's nothing mercenary about what they're doing they're they're they're, they're only doing mm-hmm. this out of just absolutely just from the love of music they're not trying to get something from right, it you know right. other than possibly involvement in a community right. that's what they're trying to get they're not trying to get fame i mean people realize like this is you know you're playing for 50 people that that's what this is that's yeah. what makes it great that is that's what, makes, what it great. makes it great it's because it's for a limited number of people the people who know about this it's not for everybody it's not a mass-produced thing that is mass consumed um and you know so the spirit of it people are doing this for fun and they're doing this um just for the love of music and to push themselves further like will when you were talking about you know the reliable street um project that that you were planning of just like getting the feedback from a successful art project from the people in that community who care about it Mm -hmm. and then being like let's see if we can do even more you know that's mm-hmm. the motivation the motivation isn't the even more in local music isn't more more fame more um you know more exposure more likes or anything it's more artistic ambition yep. and mm-hmm. that's what comes off to the to the music fans and that's what people you know it, it fosters that support and encouragement of like go 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 do better do more do more and it just it builds on itself and but without events with you know how do how do you sustain that without events live stream that's now yeah. I know the answer because I, I didn't appreciate how great this could be. Seriously. I didn't know that I was just like, well, I guess music is over for a few years. Uh-huh. Like I just, yeah. in terms of, I mean, I knew that like Coachella and whatever would be able to do right. like virtual festivals, but seeing that a small local Ames, Iowa music festival could be this awesome, dude, it was inspiring. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel the same way. <laughs> and it, the, the beauty of the virtual <laughs> event is, you know, you could have somebody performing from practically anywhere. Yeah. As mm-hmm. long as their internet connection is good enough. Yeah. I was kind of, 
like one thing I really liked about Blake's intro to the day that we missed is he's just on a phone, just like walking around. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> he's like hey, welcome to Max Ames. You don't know where I am. <laughs> um, and Roaming yeah, reporter Blake Delaney. <laughs> and, and like the, the idea of people doing that from wherever they happen to be uh, was really cool to me. So I hope we can do some more things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's about being being separate because that's the right thing to do, but being together because we need each other. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Figuring out that's re- that's really good, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were the ones who showed me this. Um, I think uh, we we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, I, I'm just looking at my notes. There, I want to mention a few more things, and then we can maybe start wrapping wrapping it up. Uh, but this has just been just been so awesome, and I hope this sheds some light. Um, on for for other people and event planners as well um you know who might be listening to this um you know or or people who are needing some inspiration go look at how maximum names did this go to the facebook page look at how they put this together um this is really something um that is viable and was just something that was really special and and unique for Ames and i think unique for the iowa festivals um as well and just really well handled i want to mention um one of my favorite bands in iowa um a band from grinnell uh they played a beautiful song um later in in the Mm -hmm. evening it was one of the singles so it should be on youtube soon i'm talking about the song that was from pink neighbor yeah yeah is this on their new was this out song on their new album brian I'm not sure, honestly. I, I I have their new album, but uh, I I don't remember if the song's on it or not. Um, yes, it, but people, it's a great song, and their and their album's really good. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. It reminded me that I've been me because I, I read your uh, your review a while back, and mm-hmm. it reminded me that I need to um, to get that new uh, Pink Neighbor album or or listen to it in some form. Um, but yeah, they did a lyric video, and uh, the, the lyrics for this song were just. <laughs> so on the money for for uh 2020 yeah uh, they were able to like make this like fantastic like political cultural commentary but just in these like f- like three words at a time yeah you know like two words at a time it was it was like uh and be was, so charming like minimal yeah. poetry it was beautiful this song it's... but it was also like about like you know it, it was really about like our predicament but it was yeah. like it was almost comforting to be like there's a sensible way to approach this madness but it has to be through art it has to be through right. music there's no other way that you could formulate um the madness of today but make it something that you can reflect on I, th- that's what i took from it mm-hmm. um yeah but the, yeah that was really special yeah they've mastered that whole like some being pointed and yet charming or cute at the same time and i don't know how to do that i have no <laughs> idea how you do that those are two completely different feels in my head but they they, they were able to synthesize it into one thing yeah, they're they're really smart. Um, the the songwriting that they do, and um, yeah, there, there's really just um, there's a consciousness behind um, behind what they do and 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 how they do it. Um, because yeah, they they have a pretty uh, light songwriting touch. They're not they're not you know leading with like, hey, we're about to shove ideas into your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do put a lot of ideas right. in <laughs> um, just through the choice of words and the way that they they present it. And, and so having the lyric videos so that I was reading like the specific words as they were singing it, th- that was really effective for this song in particular. Totally. Um, so, yeah, look for that one on the YouTube channel. They're posting singles every day at 2.15. And then I got to mention, I think he's been part of every year as well, an artist from Colorado who, again, like the, the debasement, artist from out of town, just 
touring person who came through Ames. For some reason, Ames just gets down to this particular band and just becomes a favorite of this town. And um, and one of those people is definitely a depacement. Uh, and there are a lot of other bands like that as well. But um, but also a special person to Vinyl Grind and to Maximum Ames is Dear Rabbit Rents yeah. from, from Colorado. It was so cool seeing Rents in there. Yeah, that yeah. was a, a great little set Saturday coffee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that was at a, that was at a time of the night where, at that point, everything was pre-recorded, and so I thought I was kind of off the clock more or less. <laughs> but then, so, you know, there was something that got kind of screwed up with Christopher the Concord's video, and I had to go be tuning in and like changing things. But because I thought it was. I was pretty much done. That's when I started to have some tequila. And, <laughs> and then things were kind of screwed up and I got back to Deer Rabbit's video and like the aspect ratio was all messed up and I had to start it over and things were kind of going haywire. And actually, I thought it was really appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of appropriate for, yeah. Well, I mean, because, yeah, it's, it's about DIY. It's about taking the materials at hand mm -hmm. and just putting them together as best you can. You know, I mean, and that's, you know, Rents is one of those artists like, um, you know, he's he's not about being perfect. He's about being awesome. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Uh, and so it was like, and, and that's what Maximum Ames, it, it's not, it's not like, oh, look at this perfect sheen package that we present to you. It's yep. no, like, you know, yeah. local people are working hard to make this happen in real time because they care. Yeah. And, you know, um, and and so just having rents in there um, was just was just so suitable and is just you know the fact yeah. he was playing Saturday Coffee just reminded me you know he always plays these like Saturday at 11 a.m. Yep. showcases <laughs> at Vinyl Grind and the Google Plexia and Run On Sunshine <laughs> yep. and stuff um, and so just you know, being able to represent a bit of that side of Maximum Ames as well and get those you know international or not inter I mean this is national not international yeah. but getting those friends who are from they're not from Ames they don't live in Ames but for, but they have a strong connection with Ames and with huh. this event in particular and having them represented really really um added a oh, lot right. I thought. and that that kind of brings to mind I, I was working on some of the stuff in between for sound and stuff too so I I, know, I didn't get to see did uh James Dean's single play? that was the first one that was that the first okay think, or maybe the second one yeah and James Dean is another person that has had strong yep. association with Max Ames uh primarily as a photographer but he's he's like such a huge fan he makes a point to come he lives in Lincoln and he comes every year to Ames to, for the festival um but he's been so inspired that he started making his own music and then this year he submitted a single for like uh and so now it's like i thought that was really cool it was like a full circle he went from like photographing the artist to being one of the artists yeah th that was so awesome um having yeah that, i'm glad that you brought up james dean yeah because he has been another one who yeah not from ames but um but so much vibes with ames and uh yeah he's been the official photographer and so you know I, hearing him talk about the festival and seeing his response um two artists playing is is so inspiring to me because um yeah he, he he's not from the town he's not as well now he is invested in the people personally because he's become friends with all these people right <laughs> but, you know, he, he came out of being a photographer and just being loving music and he so much gets and loves maximum aims and he's really become like a, an, an aims music person yeah. Um, yeah in the same way as like a uh a dpm or or a rents or a dpm or a rent, yeah a dpm or rents they are uh you know they're not from ames but they have this ames connection and so that's i, I agree like i'm so glad you got james dean in there i didn't realize that he had started uh his own music career 
and um so i'm and that'll so that should be another single that'll be on the uh, youtube channel is that right that's right yeah well yeah now that we're yes. talking about it i'm like trying to think back and i wonder maybe I'm, i've been sitting here saying all the singles got played but i feel like maybe that one actually didn't uh i'm trying yeah. to think of when that was but yeah, it'll definitely get exposure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, we'll, we'll definitely put it out on the Max Ames channel. And uh, Tom Russell did a great, great single, too. I mean, he, yeah. he filmed like a, yep. him playing banjo in his shop, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, his shop has been a yeah. great um, <laughs> location for a bunch of musicians over the years. I mean, because, yeah. you know, Tom and Mary Jane have done a lot of house shows at their place over the years. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I've gotten to play that, uh, wonderful Steinway piano <laughs> in his, in his shop. I remember Charlie Parr playing at his house. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, and Tom, another person who's been involved in probably every year of the festival, or at least, yeah. um, going to, and you're writing songs about Ames, writing songs about specific places in Ames, writing songs about going out and getting drunk on main street and dancing <laughs> through the streets. I mean, he, he, he really like reflects Ames yep. in his music. Um, this is real folk music that we're talking about. This is, yeah. this is legit. And this is music that is only known by people for Ames from Ames. And it's, it's only for people from Ames <laughs> right. you know, or people who care enough about Ames to like find out if there's music in Ames and what it is. Um, and so it's just, you know, th those people are just, those, but it's like the Hollies and, and the Kate Kennedys, you know, um, having people like, you know, uh, Tom Russell and, and Michael Martin, you know, it's just, there's just, there's a lot of people like this around Ames. They weren't all in the festival this year. There's only so many slots. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we love so many more artists from Ames than were even in this event. Um, but this event was a really good representation of that breadth of talent in Ames. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't actually, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Will, because I, unfortunately, I, I gathered from reading the, the chat comments that James Dean performed, and he was he said something in there of like, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to making it to Ames with my guitar next time, but I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't actually see that performance, so I, I wasn't sure if that was something, I maybe okay. I left the room for a minute, um, but I will be looking yeah. at the YouTube channel and, uh, and seeing James Dean as a musician, and I'm really stoked for that. Yeah, I think that might have just been something that I, uh, I missed getting oh. in there. Yeah, you, you had a lot going <laughs> on. <laughs> for a yeah. second, I thought yeah. for a second I was confusing him with Chris Patterson because that oh, okay. definitely got played. But okay, yeah, I, and it was great seeing Chris yeah. Patterson in there too. I mean, there, yeah. there, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, who I loved in uh, Great Caesar's Goat, and yeah, he's been a big supporter. Um, you know, his he used to have a restaurant called Oddfellows that was a venue and sponsor of Maximum Ames. Um, and also, Tom Russell has been a sponsor of every year of Maximum Ames, and is a, and is advertises on the Iowa Informer. Um, so again, it, it's like the thing where it's like, wait, the the sound guy is is the musician? <laughs> like, right. It's like the same thing. It's like, oh wait, the musician is the sponsor. Like the venue yeah. is the the venue is the sound guy. Like all of these things. You know, like there's so much overlap um between all of these people just working hard like you're saying like jonah like you know like like get that camera go upstairs film like, <laughs> then come back down here grab your saxophone press yep. play yeah um, it, it really does so take a, it takes a village for sure it, <laughs> it really it, does it yeah. really does it's not like there's five people who were just like come into ames and set down this festival on top of ames and then it's done you know it, it, it's the people who are in the festival who are the ones doing it and that's yeah. just makes it so so cool Yep, definitely a labor of love that, you know, and, and 
and everybody that cares about it just wills it into being just out of like and it's always like good good natured vibes that do that which is like that's the very satisfying part of it it's like you know everybody's like what can i do to help and it's like so yeah you can take this camera <laughs> you can <laughs> you can turn well, these dials like, yeah, well, you can <laughs> can you play because uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> open at, yeah. <laughs> and yeah it, it's just you know that that goes such a long way um to just creating community you know i'm um, working because it, because it's it's just tangibly actually working together mm-hmm. and then in the current climate being like how can we you know work together but also um stay stay far enough away from each other and not congregate you know mm-hmm. um and so you know this just found that that balance in a way that i think other events should look at um other events around iowa um you know it's i mean canceling is the right thing to do mm-hmm. but if you if you can cancel and um, figure out, so I'm, I'm excited to see what um, the, the, the Mission Creek folks are working on a virtual uh, witching hour, um, which is going to be coming up uh, later this fall. People should go to the witching hour uh, or Mission Creek website and find out information about that. Um, but yeah, we were, I, I talked to uh, Andre um, a few months ago when they, when, when Mission Creek canceled as well. Um, again, he was saying they're working on something virtual. So I'll be curious to see how they do that because yeah, the mission Creek is also a very, very community minded, um, festival and, you know, maximum aims was originally, um, modeled on mission Creek and it's, it's really the gold standard. Um, but you know, when it comes to live stream, maximum aims, you know, maximum aims put down some gold standard stuff, uh, last weekend. Um, <laughs> and so I'm just, it's just, it's just interesting to see how local people are trying to just survive and and make it through this this terrible time uh do you guys feel like you know did, did, did this make you feel like the music scene is is going to survive and, and make it through the pandemic I, I absolutely think, yeah i think so it'll take on a different shape and form for sure it'll look different but yeah and we don't really know what it'll look like but yeah. nobody is calling it quits no, I say when asked to do something for uh, the event, like everybody was like coming up with ideas and doing like, you know, there was a lot of new things like there was new songs and like people yep. put, putting together new videos and things like that. So I think like everybody has this pent up creative urge, which tells me that when this is over, they're still going to be having creative urges and wanting to make things. Um, I'm a little worried about the venue side of things at this point because yeah. it's like, well, will 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 people have a place to share their art when this is yeah. all over? Because you know, businesses are taking a huge hit right now. I mean, oh yeah, you know, bars, restaurants, venues, all that stuff is like it's it's really tough. And and the sad thing about it is, is I get it because I don't feel like I want to go out to like bars and restaurants and venues right now because I I would like to remain healthy, you know. Um, of course. So it's that that weird sort of like both sides of that argument have merit, and it's like, um, which is which is tough. That makes it very it's confusing, you know. Well, I think what this kind of showed me was like there's there's the will and there's there's the artists. The art right. the artists are not going anywhere. The artists are actually getting even better yeah. um, th- that's that's what i took from this yeah. um and so i i feel confident um you know that well what the, what this also showed was that even without um even without venues there can be a major event that a thousand people attend yeah, right. i mean that's again a thousand people would be a very successful maximum aims very yeah i mean yeah so <laughs> th- th- it's no small deal and, and that was done 
there were venues that participated, um, but but not in the sense of, you know, rock clubs having rock shows. It wasn't that. It was places like a basement, a backyard. You know, it's going back to the fundamentals of just DIY and Ames. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is basements. It's backyards. It's parking lots. It's it's public parks. It's uh, it's people's houses. You know, it's you know, it, it's uh, it's the public library. It, it's a mm-hmm. rentable room in the basement of a church. <laughs> um, there, there, that, that's what DIY yeah. is all about. That's what the Ames Oak has always Lodge been about. Drive through at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <the Oak> Lodge. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Kate, uh, Kate Kennedy wrote um, a an, art, an influential at the time uh, article uh, in the Ames Progressive years ago. It was called a movable living room, and mm-hmm. it was, um, you, you know, and that there was a classic article that influenced. Um, a lot of people's thinking at the time of the time that we're talking about, like with the uh, Brian of meeting you and Jordan and being at the Boheme and being like, what if there was a music scene in Ames, you know, and, and she really you know made this point about like um, about creating these living room settings, these uh, lived in home spaces all over Ames and just saying, let's start there. That's mm-hmm. where, that's what Ames, that's the right uh, fit for Ames. We don't have to build something to do that. We just have to go to the places that already exist and make them into venues um, or treat them like venues and take the places that are venues and make them feel like they're living rooms. Um, and, you know, so that there's, there, there's definitely the artists, there's definitely the talent. You guys are showing me that there's definitely the, the will um, and the creativity to do big things. So that being said, we also want the venues to be able to survive. There wouldn't be yeah. a maximum music festival without London underground period. Mm-hmm. They, they funded the festival year after year they mm-hmm. were the biggest they've been the biggest funder of maximum aims um i mean mm-hmm. is, is that still I, I assume that they continue to i haven't been involved in it since 2017 but yeah. is, it, is that accurate brian yeah the last couple of years definitely and this year we had no sponsors this was this year right. this year was just like trying to support venues and trying oh to, i see yeah um we we were very lucky our, our partner was ames pride um and they contributed some money so that we could pay artists so, um, oh, wow. so that was pretty amazing. So if there's anybody that was sponsoring, it was probably Ames pride, but we, we, our whole vibe was to try to, and, and I got this, uh, it was a model. There was an event, um, every, that's been going on in the last three years called pub fiction, uh, in, in Ames that is a benefit for the public library. Um, mm-hmm. and this year they decided they wanted to do a quarantine version of it where, you know, normally they make money, um, by the bars sell drinks and they get like a portion of the sales and stuff like that. This year they just wanted to send people to all the bars that we're going to do uh, to-go drinks and in order to give back because, um, oh, wow. you know, which I thought was amazing. And so we kind of adopted some of that model and, and tried to incorporate that into Max Ames. And that's where we got like, you know, we approached Della Vitti about having a liquor sale and Angry Irishmen and stuff. So um, that was where a lot of that stuff came from is we were trying to send people to try and help out, help out our local businesses because that's, they're part of the community too. And we don't want to downplay, you know, the, the value of these venues, not only because they're part of the community, um, you know, or not only are they part of the community, but but they, they really are essential to having um, having a music uh, industry and, and mm-hmm. a music community and getting artists paid and, and having, um, you know, like uh, ha- having opportunities. So, yeah, we don't mean to, you know, by saying that, you know, we can just go back into the basements and, and start over from there after the pandemic. Um, that's true, and that's a reason to be hopeful um, right. about Ames. Uh, Ames has a tradition of doing that. That being said, we also need, you know, the whole time there was the practice space, there was also people's, 
You know, there was also right, the yeah. shop. Yeah. You know, we, you like you have to have both of those things um, so that people can be not only um, artists, but arts, art, arts workers and get, mm-hmm. you know, be compensated. Um, and so it's so cool that um, that Ames Pride stepped up in that way. You know, huge shout out to Ames Pride, um, you know, and, and to uh, their collaboration uh, with Maximum Ames and everything they've done to establish um, an event in Ames this year. And, uh, you know, they've been really ambitious with doing uh, big outdoor shows at um, Banshell Park. Um, and so it's, it's really cool that they, you know, seeing that they were so supportive of the fest as well. And um, I'm really excited to see what they put together um, in the future and, and being supportive of that. Yeah, so, same. I, I, I think we're this this collaboration is like it's been fruitful, but it's not completely been realized yet. I think I think there's ways yeah. to really like sort of like, um, you know, get the get the two groups together. And we, we had plans to do that this year was we were really hoping to like, you know, let's really collaborate on some stuff and plan some shows together and things like that. But, uh, um, you know, of course, ended up not having that. So, but yeah, they're they're a great partner. Well, it's so cool that they, you know, see the the music scene as being so valuable as, as that, you know, it's something that they want to sponsor, even in a year where they weren't able to have like an outdoor pride. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that the festival will will pay that forward um, to Ames Pride down the line um, by, by being supportive of their future events as well. And that's that's a really significant thing for Ames. The fact that there is an Ames Pride is a big deal. The fact that there wasn't mm-hmm. an Ames Pride is a big deal yeah. um and so you know any way that people can support that um I, they're a nonprofit organization you can make donations um they are doing critical work we, we mm-hmm. like Ames needs that real bad definitely so brian um would you be down to run through we want to we talked about a lot of the artists but there was even more um you know mm-hmm. we, we could talk about this all day uh, maybe we should even do a follow-up episode like one year later um next year before <laughs> before the yeah. next year's man whatever that is um but yeah can you give a rundown just one last time of all the people who played and all the people who put this on sure sure uh for the people that played uh, i'll just list them off in order miss christine uh started out things jeff Shapool, uh mark bailey uh Mion, who's uh michaela thompson uh blue jack evan campbell um the poetry and spoken word showcase slice the celestial sorcerer Fred Love, who also is, uh, he's the publicist for MAMF, actually, so he, he contributes a lot, too. He wears a lot of hats, you know. Did a great job. Um, v. Ellsbury, uh, Strong Lake Bear, Elizabeth Zimmerman, I, the Iowa Women of Rock show that featured Witch Tit, uh, Mississippi Jake, Dylan Boyle, Deedles and Company, the album release, um, Andy Fleming, and uh, Matt Cullen ended up playing with Andy Fleming, and that was that, that was cool. That was another cool moment uh, when they that one was pre-recorded as well. They came, uh, they ended up having a, a schedule conflict, so they came up um, to the studio and, and recorded that, and they had not seen each other in like you know six months. So that was wow. kind of, so it was like being here and seeing these two great friends get to be in the same room together after six months and not seeing each other. It was just a little bit you know a lot of you know, I don't know, touchy feely moments were going on there, which was really nice. Um, yeah. Uh, Christopher the Conquered, the Flavor Basket Showcase, and Gloom Balloon. Um, and then on our team, we've got uh, Mara Spooner and Chad Watkins, Blake Delaney, Fred Love, Rachel Dudley, and myself, and Will Pett, who made all the magic happen. And we had uh, singles from Satchel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Patterson, Crystal City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Wally Neal, Tom Russell, James Dean, which will get up on the YouTube page. Yep. 
I <laughs> I feel real bad about missing that one. And Depazement and uh, Pink Neighbor and Dear Rabbit and okay. then the classic from Holly Figueroa. Yeah, we had a we had a handful of other classics ready to go in case we ran out of time, but luckily we we you know we had more original content, so which is the right thing. That's the right thing to have. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want yeah and satchels was actually the first single that um i got like he 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 turned his in pretty quickly actually um and that was a nice warm fuzzy too it's like oh wait this is gonna be awesome mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah well people should check out on talent. the bands that uh satchel is playing in um in the twin cities as well um he mm-hmm. sent me some links um to the stuff that he's been working well uh he, he's playing in a band called uh rebecca i believe is yeah. how it's pronounced um yeah. and they were really cool they do a lot of they, they do some really interesting almost jazz inspired um uh music and um you know he's a he's a really really talented musician as well um he's yeah. a multi-instrumentalist too um but uh but yeah people should check that out and it was really cool seeing him uh seeing him play because you know, just seeing these people just develop over years, seeing, you know, meeting them when they're, you know, kids and then mm-hmm. seeing them at, with beards. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like being, I, I love that. Like, I'm just an old man enough to just to have that, that yeah. experience of being like, oh, like, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I just, I remember seeing you play at Banstow Park, like you're in high school and like, now you're awesome. And like made a whole Towns Van Zandt cover album and stuff. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, it, it's just really, and it's got to be great for Greg Bruna. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's just like, I remember one time, like, you know, Satchel was playing, I'm trying to remember what Dylan's mm-hmm. song it was, but it might've been like, it was, it, it was one that has like 15 or 16 verses and he was just shredding, just getting every word, just completely perfectly just playing. So, oh. and I'm just like, this, I just turned to Greg Bruno. I'm just like, this has got to feel good. He's just got, you know, Greg, when he like, he just gave me the biggest, like watery yeah. eye, beautiful, happy, just like, he's just like, just nodding yeah. him down. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, man, just then, because, you know, it just, music multiple generations of musicians you know being involved in this community that only exists because people love music that's yeah. the only reason yeah and um and, and just how tight this community is how hard they're willing to work to be like the, you know the people who care about this need this you know the, the and just you know first of all having that mindset is just beautiful and just such a huge statement and then to pull it off the way you did um you know we wanted to run through every name of people who played and every person who um put it together because really thank you all so much um for everything that you did all the time that you put into it thank you to all of the friends from all over the united states our friends from japan thank, thank you to everyone who tuned in i mean i'm saying this i i'm thanking people i was just a member of the audience um, <laughs> I, i'm thanking people as the audience you know um yeah. just just for someone who was just sitting at their house watching this I cannot tell you how beautiful and moving and inspirational and how much continuity this gave um, to this year. Uh, and, and just the fact that you pulled it off while promoting voting and democracy and safety uh, and, and the b- being a good citizen, you know, that, that was just, everything came together so well. People, please check out the YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to this, um, maybe we can even do something on the Iowa Informer of doing little blurb write-ups about each of the singles or something. Um, but, uh, you know, because cool. yeah. I want to get the word out about this because, yeah, other festivals should look at this. And um, if you missed it, you can watch the entire thing on YouTube. Uh, guys, thank you so much for this special edition. Um, the next time that we come back to the podcast, we'll be talking about some kind of physical media Will, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for getting together with us and doing this. Thank you for all the energy you've put into this community. It's really 
it paying off all the time everywhere that we have music here. Yeah, we're, we're pretty self-conscious the whole time about like, here's the shoes. Let's try to walk in them. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys, you guys polished them. Uh, you, you, upgrade, you, you sold them on eBay and got <laughs> uh, Because no, really, I, 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 it wouldn't have, I would have been, I, I wouldn't have been able to conceive this really. And so, um, you know, I, I was, this is something that was really, really great. Um, so yeah, so Will, thanks for saying it. Am I understanding correctly, Will, that you're going to be now recording some cello at Brian's house? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're going to put, That's, we're uh, going to turn off the yeah, recorder and I'm going to yeah, go put yeah. some cello on. I don't even remember who Mark Bailey, who played, oh, who yeah. played the festival. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, he played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's how things happen in Ames. You just keep, you know, what's the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you guys go. And just so that you can continue making music and keeping this, uh, keep, keeping this great tradition going, even in a pandemic and doing it safely. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Be sure to support the Iowa informer. If you can keep an eye on all the coverage they're doing, keep an eye out for Gavin's, election coverage and COVID-19 coverage and for uh, Aaron Calvin's ongoing Black Lives Matter coverage and all the other commentary they do on there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for your time, guys. Thanks, Nate. Bye. Later.